and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 73. What is God doing in my life? Am I supposed to learn something from this? Am I supposed to learn from challenges and blocks of various kinds that stop me from moving forward? Don't you hate that when there's a block that it stops you from securing your goal? Am I supposed to learn something from a failed relationship or an overly challenging work problem? You know, what is God doing in all of this? This is what we're going to be looking at today in this podcast. And um, we're going to be looking at, this is an unusual passage, um, we're going to be looking at Isaiah, and it's a prophecy written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus' birth. It's written by the prophet Isaiah, and in this prophecy, the prophet describes what he sees as God's ultimate intent and destiny, not only for us as individuals, but for all living things, the very planet itself, all the creatures, all the people. Now, it's a prophecy, so it's a foretelling. Some of the prophecy has been fulfilled. Some of the prophecy is being fulfilled, and some of it hasn't happened yet, right? So the first half of the passage, Isaiah is going to speak about Jesus. He's going to describe Jesus. And then the second part of the prophecy is going to tell us what Jesus will do and what God's doing in the world. Now remember, this is written 700 years before the first Christmas. So let me just say at the front end of this that Prophecy can take a long, long millennium, millennium, a long time to be fulfilled. So it's just a good thing to keep in mind when we're when we're looking at prophecy or we're thinking about when God God's timing is just so vastly different from ours, it's hard for us to get our head around it. So here's a little bit of the prophecy. It's from Isaiah eleven. Now, it's very poetic language. So if you haven't heard, if you're not familiar with uh, the different genres of writing in Scripture, it can be a little confusing. So you have to kind of use your imagination for this and uh, think of it as a piece of poetry that's telling you something. And here's some of the prophecy. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse. Now Jesse is King David's dad, right? So it's a man's name. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord, so there's going to be an ancestor of Jesse who's different. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding and the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge in the fear of the Lord. So someone's going to be born. Someone's coming. There's going to be a birth. And this leader is going to be remarkably different from any other leader who has ever walked on the earth. And Isaiah goes on to tell us, This one shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. There'll be a different sort of discernment working here. 
but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Righteousness shall be a belt round his waist. And then verse 6. The wolf shall lie with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. And then moving on, there will be no hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, the first half speaks... The first half of this prophecy speaks of one sent by God. And this one, unlike any other leader, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might. So he's saying there's there's one who's coming that's going to usher in an entirely new way of living and seeing the world, an entirely new kingdom. A king is coming, if we want to use the monarchy language uh, metaphor, one is coming who's going to usher in this entirely new way of living in the world. Now, 700 years later, the Christ, the Messiah, is born, as as Isaiah foretold. Now, Isaiah begins to describe what this new kingdom will look like, Right? So I don't know if you've ever received one of these Christmas cards that has a drawing of a lion and a lamb on it. You ever seen that? It's from the. It's kind of taken from the Edward Hicks painting of the Peaceable Kingdom. This is where that painting comes from. This whole idea of uh, actually, let me have a look at it here. I have one here. You have a a lion next to an ox. You have a child who's uh, by the asp's den, and no one's no one's being hurt. Everyone's getting on. All these normal hostilities have ceased. It's like a reordering of creation. The Hicks painting or and the Isaiah prophecy. It's like things that normally uh, don't get on. At the end of the prophecy, there's peace in the kingdom. Now, what the prophet's saying is by this is is that God is moving toward a particular goal. And the goal is that all will be well. Now, there's a couple ways to respond to this kind of prophecy. You can say, well, that's nice, sounds lovely, but it's just not my world. And then you just keep the prophecy or the story in the Bible and you look at the painting in the museum or you look at the painting on the Christmas cards and you say, well, that's nice, but it's just not real. Or you could say, well, it's not going to happen. Maybe in heaven it's going to happen. Maybe some other lifetime, but it's never, ever going to happen here. We're never, ever going to have peace on earth here. It's way too violent. Or you could say, well, you know, it's the prophet's poetic inclinations. It's simply not normal. It's beautiful. It's not normal. Wolves eat lambs. It's the natural order of things. End of story. Now, this is actually the point of Christmas. This is really the reason why Jesus comes. Because he's basically coming to reorder creation. He's coming 
to reorder creation. Now, I want to read a little bit from the theologian Walter Brueggemann in regard to this prophecy. Brueggemann says, Unheard of and unimaginable, all these images of unity sound to me so abnormal that they're not worth reflecting upon. But then I look again and I notice something else, that the poet, that the prophet means to say, what he means to say is that in the new age, these are normal things. And the effect of the poem is to expose the real abnormalities of life, which we take for granted. We have lived with things abnormal for so long that we've gotten used to them and we think they're normal. He says, unheard of and unimaginable, wolves living with lambs. Yeah, of course it is. And it was just as strange to the people of Isaiah's day. It was just as strange to the people who first heard this prophecy. See, the historical context is, is that the Assyrians had all but destroyed Judea. And it was the Babylonian exile that brought Judea to the end in 586 BC. So the Messiah will grow as a shoot from the stump of Jesse. is a very poetic way of saying that God has not given up, that God is bringing something new. You might not be able to see it, but it's happening and God has a plan. And that sort of spiritual truth um, lasts throughout the entire created order. It might look like nothing's happening, but God has a plan. You see, the first people who heard this, it was a violent, messed up world. Every bit as violent and as messed up as ours. But in the midst of the people feeling lost, the first listeners would have felt lost. They would have felt forsaken. They would have felt hopeless and abandoned by God. Many of them had been exiled, which means that they're deported to other lands. That in the midst of all this mess, they've been uh, taken over by their arch enemies. And then this prophet comes along and says, you know what? A shoot shall come out of the stock of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. He's saying they're in the royal dynasty. One is coming. Now, again, it's very poetic language, but you think of a dead stump of wood, you think, well, that's dead, it's lifeless. Jesse was King David's father. It's the royal line. Prophets saying someone's coming. Isaiah said, a saviour is coming. You think it's hopeless. But there is a green shoot in the stump and the spirit of God will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Yeah. A teacher like no other is coming. Remember the line, unto us a child is born, for unto us a child is born. Messiah, remember the Messiah we sing at Christmas. For unto us a child is born, a wonderful counsellor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. One will be born, and this is the one who brings life out of apparent death. 
Or, another way of saying it is, when you think everything's hopeless, when you can't see your way forward, God has a way. And it might be a tiny little green shoot. It might not look like much. You might miss it. You might miss the sign. But God's doing something. A child will be born. Well, who's he? Well, of course we know, right? Jesus' first sermon, interestingly enough, very first time Jesus opened his mouth uh, in the synagogue, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's saying, which is a way of saying, I'm the one that you've been waiting for. Now, Isaiah is giving the whole story, the whole timeline. So, if, again, you've got to use your imagination for this. If Jesus is on the front cover of the book, and in the last cover of the book is the peaceable kingdom, we're living in the middle of the book. That's why there's so much tension. We are in the middle of the book, right? It hasn't been fully completed. The kingdom hasn't fully come. So we can pray that prayer, you know, Lord, let your will be done, your kingdom come, Lord's Prayer. But it hasn't fully come about yet. So Isaiah is giving the, the whole timeline after the Messiah comes. The Messiah is born. Then there is this ushering in of this new age, this new reign of peace. Now, who is going to bring this peace? Because the Christ child is no longer walking on the earth with us. So how is this supposed to work? Well, the idea is that the people of the Messiah are the bringers of the peace. Because the people of the Messiah, the people who follow the Christ child, are endowed with the same power as the Christ, the Messiah, and they're the ones that bring the peace. Now, if you pay attention, you'll see this reordering of creation in the life and the ministry of Jesus. Because if you look at Jesus' life, his miracles, his healings, he turns things upside down all the time. Sick people become whole. He brings life out of death. Something is hopeless. Something is lifeless. Something is beyond hope. Jesus appears and comes. In every story, in every miracle, in every narrative, the theme is always, always the same in the scripture. You think it's hopeless. Well, it's not. Because God has a plan at work. Yeah, it's kind of amazing once you just get a, a glimpse of this. Um, you know, for Isaiah... It's kind of a wake-up call for us in some ways, the us who identify as followers of Messiah, because we need to remember what God's doing in our world and in our lives. Now, our calling, if you will, our purpose. There's so many ways, there's so many different ways to language this, but basically our calling, our purpose, what we're here for, you know, we're we're Messiah people, we're the Messiah's people. Now, just like the ancient people of Israel, it's easy for us to look at the world and see 
a dead stump of wood and think, you know, nothing's changing. Nothing has changed since the first Christmas. Things go from bad to worse. Life is too stressful, whether we're struggling with an illness or we're worried about a loved one or we're facing financial setbacks. Some of us aren't happy with our family situations. Our work might be disappointing. Our children might be disappointing to us. Some of us have decisions to be made. We're worried about parents, grandchildren, uncaring bosses. You know, if that's what gets our attention, if that takes all our energy and time, we will be, as Jesus said, you're going to be overcome by the cares of this world. You're going to be overcome by the cares of this world. So rather than look at what's wrong, Rather than giving energy to problems, how about, and this is one of Jesus' teaching, how about remembering that God's faithful and that God is active and God is working in us. This is the whole idea, this whole Christmas name, Emmanuel. That's what it means. God with us. As in, we're not alone to figure this out by ourselves. God is actively working in us, helping us, by God's spirit, by God's energy, to bring about God's will in the world, which is, we're the peace bringers. Yeah. Incredible as it sounds. We are the ones who bring hope and harmony and healing and encouragement. You know, it's, it's really who we are. It's who we become. It's who we are as followers of the way of the Christ. It's always moving toward this peaceable kingdom. It's always moving toward this. It's like God saying, this is where I'm going. You know, and my people will bring this about. The kingdom people, the, the peaceable kingdom. The wolf shall lie with the lamb. My people, filled by my spirit, will bring this about. Remember what Brueggemann said? unheard of and unimaginable well it's like yeah well start imagining because that's where the spirit of God leads hostility cease that's the vision that's the vision and the vision is even bigger than that right I mean you know remember the song imagine imagine all the people living in peace remember Lennon's song okay it's like well why would I want to imagine it because if you can imagine it, there's a chance you can embody it. You can embody it. So important. Peace and harmony, it all begins with, with us. And it begins with me, you know. It begins with me. Because we're not likely to bring peace and harmony to those around us if we don't have any in ourselves. Now, I guess, you know, we can call that inner work you can call it dealing with issues. You call it what you will. But if we can't love ourselves, if we can't forgive ourselves, if we can't stop criticizing and judging ourselves, how in the world can we bring peace to anyone else? I mean, how we treat ourselves, how we talk to ourselves makes a tremendous difference. Because God's way leads to peace, not self-hatred and not shame. And 
peace always begins with the individual. It always begins with us. And then it starts to trickle down to our loved ones, to those we live with, to our family, to our friends, to our children, our extended family. It starts to trickle down into your work, uh, your spiritual community, your larger community, your larger community. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the entire world, it looks too overwhelming. If you turn on the news, it's just overwhelming. It's too messy. It's too complicated. There is too many. You don't know where truth is. You know, if you turn on the news, there's too much violence. There's too much hate. How could God ever bring peace here? We can't change the world, um, but but we we can. We can. This is what we can do. We can be faithful in our own little tiny part of the world. That's what we can do. This is what we do have uh, control over. We don't have control over much, right? But we certainly do have control how we can respond in our tiny part of the world. I mean, I can see God, I'm, I'm so little and small, I can't change the world. But for what it's worth, for what it's worth, I want your reign of peace in my life. And I want to be a part. I want to be a part of this peaceable kingdom. I want to be a part in this, in all my decisions. Give me the wisdom and the courage that I might choose your way of peace. You know, that's the kingdom of God coming. You know, when we say, you know, let your kingdom come. So for those of us who have decisions to make or... Maybe we find ourselves in tricky, complex relationships. The prayer is, well, let your kingdom come. Let your peaceable kingdom come to me. Maybe we have work challenges. Maybe we're sick. Whatever it is. You know, what words or actions lead, ultimately lead to the peaceable kingdom? Maybe we're called to encourage someone. Maybe we're called to expose someone. Maybe we're called to some truth-telling. Maybe we're called to some confrontation. Maybe it's time to be honest. Maybe we need to help someone. Maybe we need to listen. It's all different, right? I mean, that's why we need discernment. Or maybe we're struggling with ourselves. What words or actions lead to the peaceable kingdom, because that's the direction that God's moving. You want to get in the flow of what God's doing, right? We want to be in the spirit. We want to be in the place where God is. And God's saying, well, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. I'm moving toward the peaceable kingdom. And it's a great hope and encouragement, you know, especially those to, who struggle and who feel a bit lost and a bit overwhelmed because God's saying, no, I'm in this. I am in this. I'm with you. And where I am, peace is. Yeah, where I am, peace is. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, thank you that you have purpose in all of this. That's amazing. Thank you that you have purpose in all of this. Thank you that you make all things new in your time. You make all things new. 
Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.